0: especially arrive especially in the spring, the deer are very they are very obliging. They go by with babies out here and that picks up everybody's mood. There's something about the regenerative potential of a life. So while we're waiting, is there anybody who has some piece of information for the community, some announcement? Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Actually I do. Um, I'm hearing for the first time ever, having been closely involved in the medical community and working with cancer and AIDS for 42 years, about the shingles vaccine. Um, I experienced the death of a very close friend and a great bereavement, which was followed by a flu and then what I thought were three spider bites that turned into shingles. And I've been treated since August. And I'm now fighting for my vision,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: which is compromised. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I would like to suggest (laughs) is that everyone consider with their physician whether it's appropriate to get the vaccine. Had I known, that would have been a much easier route to go.
0: Robin, I'm so sorry that that's happening with you. And I hope everyone who's doesn't have any reason why they shouldn't have the shingles vaccine, has had the shingles vaccine. You can, you can I think you can go get it in Safeway, actually, yeah, but it's, uh, it's, it's all everywhere. around, yeah, I'm so sorry.
1: And so as a, a blooming artist, yeah. it's quite a blow, yeah. and I'm fighting to, for a
0: healing. Well, thank you for telling everybody, really, really, really investigate that. Um, I have an announcement. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm wearing the shirt
3: of a family plaque. Maybe some of you remember. She's the person I long ago heard about Spirit Box. It's my first time to be here. And I'm thinking of my great-grandson, who is now five days old. (laughs)
0: And I'm thinking that I want to tell, thank you very much, I want to tell you, although I did not have a flyer to do it, I had a phone call that said, don't forget to say that there is a meeting this uh, Sunday, Sunday from 4 to 6 in the Dominican area of San Rafael. If you call the number that I will now give you in a minute, you'll find out how to get there. Uh, of the uh, National Peace Alliance and the president, the national president of the Peace Alliance, which is doing very, very interesting things in Washington, D.C., is gonna be there speaking from four to six this Sunday. I will also be there, I will speak from 401 to 402, as (laughs) a very small little piece there. But the main thing is that this other person will speak and you can come, all you have to do to get the instructions for how to get there is to call the number that I'm about to give you. I sound like on the television. To write down this number right now so you can get it. Uh, the number you call is... Anybody gonna call a number? 415-533-5540. Ray, this is just your up your alley. 533-5540. 415, four, okay. Yes. Well, take this. Uh, while you're giving your announcement about the bas- <laughs> baskets, take this away so they can put the chairs, okay? Okay. All right, there you go.
3: I just wanted to mention that there are three baskets in the back. One is the Class B basket, and that's to keep the lights on at Spirit Rock. And those of you who are here for the first time, all this is on Spirit Rock for you as Spirit Rock's gift. There's a small basket for the homeless to add food uh, for those people uh, in San Rafael. And the third basket is the Donna basket. And that uh, (laughs) is for Sylvia. Contributions for her, she's following a tradition from the time of the Buddha uh, to give her teachings and her wisdom freely. And we're so very grateful. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Now here's our baby. It does a world of good for the mood to have. Well, let's put the baby. Let's put all of. Let's put all of them over here. Let's put the grandmother. Where's the mother?
2: Here's the mother?
3: The great
0: grandmother. Oh, then bring the. We have all. Oh, I give them my place. There you go. This is.
3: This is. How How way. Way. you blessed him about two years
0: I remember him. Okay, where should we put the grandmother? Put the grandmother, we have the, the great-grandmother. We should put them in, in descending order of ancient. Okay, there you go. The grandmother, now we have the grandmother. Mo- the grandmother. And then we have the mother and the brother.
2: The and the day and, and
0: the father. And so and why don't brother. Marty, why don't you announce everybody's name to everybody?
3: Okay. This is Jean. I'm Marty. <laughs> this is Sandy. He's the one that's receiving the blessing today. He's also Alessandro, which is that a compromise there. between, Brazilian, Alexandro, and Scottish, Alexander, (laughs) with the Scottish nickname of Sandy. (laughs) (laughs) And this is Carini, mom. And this is John, dad. And this is Kawe,
2: brother.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And Stella, who's in school. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay, fellows in school. So, Does Sandy want to come over? Let's see how he wants to come over. Hello, Sandy. Hey, what a big boy you are. <laughs> okay. you That's just a That's all right. Wherever it is, it's not so important. It's okay. not so important, I Shout out. Sandy, look at all these people. They're all looking at you. So first we should sing a very special blessing song. Happy birthday birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear
3: Sandy.
0: Happy birthday to you. you. How many months?
3: How many months? Thank (coughs) you. 13? Thirteen months. Thirteen Okay. Mm-hmm. He was born January 19th. What
0: a big boy you are. What a big boy. What would you like to offer as a blessing for Sandy? You can shout it out from wherever you are.
1: Good health.
3: Happiness. Health. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Joy. Yeah, good Good
1: Kind
2: heart. <laughs> Could someone with a telephone... <laughs> Shot. I,
1: was supposed to um, I,
2: I got several so I'll
3: eat, okay. I'll get an email to I'll get another one if you want. I'll get
2: one a little closer. closer. Can you wave? <laughs> <laughs> May
3: you have a lot of friends. <laughs> <laughs> May you have some picture or
2: with- oh. Okay, May you know God's
0: love. May you know God's love. May you be resilient. May you be resilient. May you have equanimity. May you have equanimity for shirt dance with your little face. What does he call you, Jean? Does he call you grandmother or what does he say?
3: Well, I, I like to be called Nana. Nana. yes.
0: Does he know? <laughs> That, does he know Not that you're yet. Nana?
3: Nana Jean. Nana Jean. Nana
0: yes. Jean. What does the other Nana get called?
3: I'm Grandma
0: Marty. <laughs> okay. So what else would you like to wish him? May you have a lot of friends.
3: A sense of humor.
0: May you have a sense of humor. <laughs>
3: great adventures.
0: May you have much joy. May you have great adventures. Gotcha. May you have passion.
1: An inquiring
0: mind. An inquiry mind.
3: <laughs>
0: Lots of imagination. Lots of giggles.
3: <laughs> May you love your family.
0: May you love your family. May, May your they family thrive. Love you. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> Your
0: family isn't gonna love you.
2: <laughs>
0: May you have a wonderful life with all of them and meet spectacular people. And. See a lot of movies. (laughs) Play a lot of games and laugh a lot of laughs.
3: What else do we love? Love healthy
0: food. Love healthy food. (laughs)
3: Enjoy nature.
0: Enjoy nature. Live on a clean planet. Avoid McDonald's.
3: <laughs> <laughs> exercise daily Very may you exercise daily look
0: <laughs> you're getting homework already <laughs> <laughs>
2: you, start when you have homework
0: well we, uh, how about we give some blessings to the big brother over there oh and he just had a birthday oh he just
3: had a birthday and he oh. turned okay. three yeah. oh. okay
0: well then, can you show us three Covered. Uh, covered. Ah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Does he speak? Uh, Portuguese. Oh, yeah. he,
3: speak he speaks Portuguese. Portuguese. Okay. Would well, his dad yeah. like to Portuguese. sing Happy
0: Birthday in Portuguese? <laughs> oh, we could do that. Do that.
3: We <laughs> said.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right well i can't i can't think
0: of anything else except the ultimate blessing for young children uh as it's brought down through the ages through my great friend Jack Cornfield. You all know the words. Row, <laughs> row, row,
3: row, row, you row, go gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
0: Thank you very, very much. Thank you. You're uh, a good boy. you a good boy.
3: Tell me if he just woke up from right? Why do you, you put him on, yeah, on the sure.
0: grandma's, white grandmother's yes. lap for a minute for it. it's a good picture. Aw. There you go. <laughs> oh, see,
3: look, look over there. Look at that.
2: Thank
1: you.
0: Thank you. Thank you very, very much thank for everybody coming. Oh, thank you. Thank you so can you walk, Sandy, almost? Yeah, you yeah. can yeah, yeah. walk,
3: can't <pause> you? You show oh off how you oh can go go walk. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. Ciao,
2: ciao. Ciao, Thank you very, very much.
1: Thank you, Sylvia. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for coming. (laughs) Okay. Ciao ciao. Ciao ciao. I think we're ready.
3: Yeah, have a nice
2: one. All the extra perk. Thank you. my pleasure. doable. Bye. Bye. If I
0: could arrange it, I would arrange for someone to arrive with a baby. Every week. (laughs)
2: How (laughs) old is my youngest grandchild?
0: Is is thirteen. My youngest grandchild is thirteen. She is thirteen and three days. I would arrange to have that every week, not not because it's uh, uncomfortable, not to say that it's uncomfortable, it is uncomfortable to think about the amount of pain and sadness and difficulty in everybody's life, here, in everybody's life everywhere. But it's actually very helpful, it's a balance to the mind to think, okay, there's this and there's this, there's this coming and there's going. And uh, it's really one of the fundamental teachings of the Buddha, that everything comes and goes, including us in our lives. And that the, the deep realization, the fundamental realization of impermanence is really the realization that, that uh, allows us to live with a certain amount of equanimity. That you know, On one hand, when I first heard that from my teachers years ago, and they said, these are the three secret uh, insights that the Buddha taught that you will realize deeply and profoundly in meditation and I'm going to tell them to you now, that particular teacher said. And I thought, no, no, no. Don't tell me now what they are because suppose suppose as I am meditating, I realize those truths and how will I know that I profoundly realize them myself or whether you told me that and then it won't count. And uh, the, I, they assured everyone. They didn't ask me, I didn't say that, I thought that. And they continued right on anyway with those three things that they, they said, this is what you have to deeply understand. And the truth is that I think there are three things that we have to deeply understand. And it isn't that I didn't get what they said right then. I actually didn't get everything that they said. I'll tell you the three in a second. It's that I get them better all the time as time goes by, I think, okay, now I get it. And then after a while, I think, well, really, now I get it. I thought I got it, but now I got it. Now I really get it. And I think that my own life, at least, is a succession of now I really got it. And I hope I really got it enough. You may have seen me take this out of my um, out of my wallet just now. This has been in my wallet for about 30 years. I think it's published... It says when it was published, uh, 1976. That's 10, 20, 30, 36 years. So I changed wallets in 36 years, but I, I carry this always with me. Like a breviary, you never know when you're in a plane or something and you might want to suddenly read the faith verses of the third Zen patriarch. You never know when you <laughs> might want to suddenly read that. And, but it's always on my person. It makes me feel good to have it on my person. You could be waiting, you could be waiting in a doctor's waiting room to, between having had, this scan or that picture to get go in and hear about that. It's very good for the soul to hear this. So I actually brought a, a, a regular printed out one. You too can have a printed out one. Not this little one because they never printed them again, and I like this little one. So if you go on Google and you uh, ask for the faith verses of the third Zen patriarch, you'll get all kinds of uh, printouts of them. At, and it's just about two pages. And uh, in it, I want to talk about some of it today because usually when I talk to, tell somebody, maybe somebody that I've known uh, uh, who's been doing meditation for some years and we talk about this. And that person will say, well, you carry that around in your wallet, I carry it around too. And I keep on reading it. People have said to me, I take this on retreat, and I know you're not supposed to read on retreat and all that, but I take these two pages with me. Because somehow in these two pages is really everything that you need to know. And you keep reading it over and over again, and it makes more and more sense to you. So those three things that the Buddha said you really need to know in order for your mind to relax in this life and be able to not only uh, stay awake in it, stay present for it, make wise judgments, but actually rejoice in it. Somebody said at the end of our prayers this morning, they said, "Just I'm mean, gratitude for being in a life." And I think that the the uh, the element of joy, which is gratitude for being in a life, never mind what's happening is really the most difficult thing to to uh, to cultivate and maybe the most priceless thing to cultivate, to be able to say, and this, and this, and this. We mention everything that's happening to all the people, all the people who mentioned and all the people who thought about but didn't mention have somebody in their life that's struggling with something. As, as I listen to, and I'm sure for you as well, when you listen to some voice of a person that you don't, no, you don't recognize that voice. Some voices I recognize. I think, oh, Joe just said that, or, oh, Lynn just said that because I recognize their voice. Some people I don't recognize their voice. But I recognize the story of a person who I don't know has this and that, and that how people must feel about this and that. That Because we feel. The biggest thing about being a human being is we have a capacity for empathy. I don't know that uh, that dogs don't or cats don't or sheep don't, but I think that human beings with the capacity for remembering hindsight and foresight and, um, and can visualize the, in, that, in that spectrum lives coming and going have, um, feel about, them, about themselves in this life a certain amount of poignancy which actually makes things dear to them in this moment for however they are and however long we have them. I think about what the Buddha said is we really need to know about impermanence, things change. We really need to know about uh, that that what causes suffering or what we call suffering in the mind is the mind's inability to open to or to accept or to acknowledge what's true. It, if we use suffering, it's a, it's a peculiar word to, to have, it's a peculiar translation from the Pali word dukkha, which, uh, because when we say suffering, we could also use it in a sentence where say poverty is causing a lot of suffering in the world, wars are causing a lot of suffering. Uh, there, there's a lot of distress in the world. There's a lot of distress that's uh, person-made distress and there's a lot of distress that, just happens because of natural events. But what the Buddha meant by suffering is not those distresses. He said there are 10,000 joys and 10,000 woes. That's the Buddha's words for there's a lot of distresses and a lot of joys. And what he is calling dukkha is the mind's inability or refusal when what's happening is difficult to say, this is what happens, these things happen. I can do this or I can't do that. Or everybody who said in their sharing this morning, so this person or that person has now signed up with hospice, knows that there's nothing you can do anymore. Things are on a roll and they're gonna end in a certain way. All of our lives are gonna end in that same way, but we don't know when. And it's different to know when. Uh, sometimes I think if we knew when, even if the when was a long time from now, we would not mortgage away a minute of our lives with ridiculousness, with preoccupation, with stuff that's, well, I'm gonna tell you one line from a poem that uh, Susan sent me. But Susan is my, my great sender of poetry by internet. Maybe I get to read the whole thing today. But talking about visualizing when hearing the poem is about visualizing the opera that's being presented. This person is listening to it on a car radio, and uh, he, at some point in the end, he says uh, he's appreciating the depth of uh, fervor in this person's singing, uh, even though he says, "I know this, this, and this about the other," and that it's really, it's really make believe and. Uh, even though I know the chain, his chain mail is made of silver-painted silver plastic, and his mismanagement of money is legendary, as I know I have squandered most of my life in a haze of trivial distractions." I thought to myself as I read that, that's probably the most important line in this whole thing, to not squander your whole life in a haze of trivial distractions. There's so many things that are important. When something happens that really captivates the mind, who you like, who you don't like, who hurt your feelings three and a half years ago, what bad review you got, who said what about you, there's nothing. It's a haze of trivial distractions. You suddenly see this is important. In the in the faith verses of the third Zen patriarch, it says... Uh, To set up what you like against what you dislike is a disease of the mind. It confuses you. Indeed, it's due to our choosing to accept or reject that we do not see the true nature of things because we already have an opinion of how they are. I'll read you some more of the verses from here. I've told you two of those insights. The insight of impermanence, things change. The insight of suffering. Suffering is the presence in the mind or suffering is imperative in the mind. It shouldn't be like this, shouldn't be happening. That person shouldn't have done this, they shouldn't be like this. Uh, We talked last week about seeing, did you do that? Uh, We said we'd have an experiment to see if you could spend a week not thinking I should have, that every time you think I should have done that, you could change it to, oh no, wait, I wish I had done that, or I wish he had done it. I would have preferred Anybody did that homework, by the way? Did the should you did the should Nancy did it work? Yeah. <laughs> it should have <It> worked. <laughs> by which I mean, most likely it, it worked. <laughs> but imperative in the mind, I can't be happy. Uh, I mean, when Robin said about what happened to her with 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 the uh, as the sequelae of uh, shingles think oh uh, maybe you thought I should get a, 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 a I should get vaccinated this afternoon. I hope you thought that but it'll be helpful if you think I am going to get vaccinated this afternoon I'm going to go do it but should is too late already it didn't happen that what 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 really I think we are called to do is to say this is what's happening and the third insight of the Buddha of those impermanent suffering and the third insight. The third insight is variously called different things, but I think the best thing to call it is contingency. Things happen because other things happen. I was uh, having coffee yesterday with a a relative of mine. Many of you may know that when you have a bat mitzvah celebration in in your home, many people, when they have a bat mitzvah celebration, invite relatives from far and wide and they come from far and wide and because they come from far and wide they just don't come for one day or one event they come several days earlier they stay a day later there are many days leading up to the event and after the event so it's a very high intensity event that leading up to everybody who's involved is very focused on and very hoping that since and so and so now has a terrible uh, virus that the bat mitzvah herself didn't go near Aunt so-and-so and and doesn't get up with that virus on the day. So there's a lot of, like on a wedding day, you know, or any day, your graduation day, you don't want to wake up sick, you want to do that. And everything is contingent. You either will or won't. can't do anything about that. But anyway, she didn't get up sick that day. It was a wonderful day. And I was having um, coffee with one of the last remaining relatives yesterday, who um, knows about my teaching here and knows, about the, knows that I teach about what the Buddha taught. And she said, I don't remember whether she said, do you believe in karma or you don't believe in karma, do you? I'm, I'm not sure, one of those th- two things she asked. And I said, well, yeah, actually I do. And she said, uh, see why, surprise. She said, you don't believe, do you, that what you did in a former lifetime has caused what's happening in this life to happen? And I said, I hope I said it respectfully, I said, you know, actually I don't believe that. It just never resonated with me exactly. But I know that many people do. And I know that in the tradition of Buddhism for the last 2,500 years, there certainly is the that particular teaching of rebirth and, and future and past lifetimes. That uh, I, I know that Buddhism is a, a, a later, actually a, Protestant reformed form of Hinduism, the Buddha created a new religion out of the Brahmin religion that he was born into. And it carries with it a lot of the uh, cosmology of the Brahminism before it. So I said, I know that a lot of people actually put a lot of energy or faith into that. And uh, for myself, that's not the important part uh, the karma that I I think that resonates with me is that things have effects, and that's another way of saying that third insight. That uh, because and the, the Buddha sometimes quoted as saying, because of that this, because of this that, things don't happen ex nihilo. It's that they have they have uh, they they they. Produce consequences, and they have things that made them happen. I used to like to do things like uh, say that uh, Marco Polo is part of my karma, uh, and uh, which is surprising, you know. That or, uh, I mean, I just picked it out. I could have said anything is a part of my karma because the truth is, I believe that that the whole world, having worked the way it was, and I, I. I well, I remember doing this with my grandson, Eric, who's now 21 when he was a baby, sitting here with Eric on my lap and saying, Eric, who has a cold today, I think what happened is Eric sneezed. And I said, you know, if I wake up two days from now with a cold, it will probably be, the proximal karma will be that Eric just sneezed. But um, for Eric to have been here sneezing, his parents had to have met Uh, Both of them on separate trips to France, uh, at that point eight years or so prior. They have to have met, they have to have fallen in love, they have to have come together, they have to have produced Eric. And for both of them to have met and to have been in the places that they were at the time that they were, Eric's father had to have the idea that his son would work with him in his business and therefore should train in this country. And uh, Eric's mother should have been interested in perfecting her French so that she could follow a certain career path, neither of which career paths they did, but they were there at that time. But they did have the career path of coming together and making Eric, who's now sitting on my lap. And it wouldn't any of it have, if you go back, 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 Eric, uh, uh, my daughter would not have been going back to Europe and blah, 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 we wouldn't have been here. She wouldn't have been there had I not met the person that I married and liked him well enough to create her mother. And we had to be in the place that we were because all of our grandparents migrated here from Europe. And our parents all migrated from Europe as a result of the changing economic patterns in Western Europe, which changed because of the trade routes to Asia. So in fact, what Marco Polo did is related to my life in a distal way, in a distal way. But there is nothing that didn't affect it. Nothing good, nothing bad. The fact that certain people came from Europe earlier than other people, uh, then they have progeny here. Other people who didn't leave when they could, at, at earlier times don't have progeny here. Everything depends on everything else that happened. And what news report who heard about streets paved with gold or whatever my grandparents heard or that caused them to be here. And that the, and that the ship that they were on didn't sink and that they they met each other at appointed times i couldn't be here unless every single thing in my life happened and every once in a while i think about that and i think oh, it's amazing because then you think if i had turned right instead of left any number of times it could have changed my whole life maybe right instead of left in a in a very isolated way wouldn't have made a difference but suppose i hadn't met the person who said you know so and so is actually interested in you, and uh, but a little too shy to bring it up with you. I said, really, okay. Then I have a whole different life that occlu- that includes, in the end, Eric. So, but somebody had to say that to me, and I can bear. I can't remember her last name. I can remember her first name, but my, my life might have been complete. Would have been completely different. And When you realize that, I also realized that I couldn't be here this moment unless every accident that happened in the world since I was born, especially calamitous ones, didn't happen proximal to me. So it's like a miracle that I'm here. It's a miracle that you're here. It's a miracle that anything is going to happen. I was teaching at James's Joy course last week, and he quoted several times a quote from Einstein, where Einstein is said to have said, either nothing is a miracle or everything is a miracle. You think it's a miracle. Anything that's, that we all got here today is a miracle. But we forget to you know, say, wow. Uh, a James's Joy class is a great thing to go to because that's, that's all they talk about is the joy end of things. Someone read, uh, I guess, a, a poem or a letter from someone quoting somebody else who said, a miraculous thing happened this morning at 12.01 a new day, and it's going to happen all day this day, and it's going to be there till tomorrow. Years and years ago, when I was um, a student on a meditation retreat, I uh, remember going on a retreat at uh, Angela Center in Santa Rosa, still a retreat center, a lovely place. It, It was run by the Ursuline... Uh, sisters and uh, so it had very lovely religious quotes on all the bulletin boards and I used to do walking meditation up and down a certain hallway and I would pass always the same little quote on a note card and it's a quote from some biblical quote I don't know exactly somebody could Google it it's probably it's probably uh, one of the Gospels where someone says, you are called upon to meet each moment with joy. It has to be one of the gospels. You're called upon to meet each moment with joy. And I'd be walking up and down the hall and I was studying mindfulness meditation, right? So I'm I'm studying about being present for each moment. So I'd walk up and down, I'd see that quote and my mind would take exception to the quote. It would say, okay, I get it about you're called upon to meet each moment because what can we do? You know, here's this moment, and it's either what I desired or not what I desired. How do I know I'm not in charge? But it happens. Some things I'm happy that they arrive. Some things I'm not happy that they arrive. Don't make any sense. Called my I meet it okay, but meet it with joy. Forget about it. You know, there's uh, some things you don't know, meet with joy. But actually, the more I think about it. I think as an injunction, we are called upon to meet each moment with joy is quite profound. It could be otherwise, this moment, it's it's what it is. Maybe part of the joy is I'm still here to have this moment. Part of the joy is recognizing it's a lawful cosmos. Uh, Things happen because of other things. Sometimes not welcome things happen. I always find myself going back and quoting my friend um, My friend Martha, who many people here knew because she used to be part of this class, who died now five years ago. And as she was dying of uh, pancreas cancer, she said, I don't think I'm being very Buddhist about it. This, and I, I, what do you mean? She said, well, I'm not opening to the experience. I said, Martha, give me a break. You have pancreas cancer. I said, the main thing is that you shouldn't be mad at it. So she said, well, tell you the truth, sometimes I'm mad at it. I said, okay. The main thing, don't worry about that, the main thing <laughs> is not to be mad at yourself for being mad at it. I said, well, tell you the truth, sometimes I am mad at myself for being mad at it. She said, but you know what? She said, a lot of the times I go around saying, why me? Why me? I'm too young. I'm really too young, I'm, the rest of my health is great, I'm too young, I shouldn't have this, why me? She said, when I'm thinking that, I suffer a lot. And then she said, I'll be thinking, 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 and then all of a sudden I'll think to myself, why not me? It's one of the things that people get in the world, why not me? She says, I'm not any happier about having it, not any happier about dying, but I'm not suffering so much, why not me? Anything that happens to us, why not me? It's a thing that happens to people. So one of the things I was thinking about at the bat mitzvah on Saturday night, the morning service, and it's a morning service in the synagogue. It's very interesting. It's a morning service in the synagogue. It's a regular service. So regular people who belong to that synagogue community come, as well as people, the relatives from far and wide. And the rabbi uh the rabbi gave um, a homily, a sermon for the morning, that uh, had to do with the, the uh, part of the Torah that was read that morning, as did my granddaughter, Honor, also give a homily on that same portion. But he's speaking to the entire congregation. And he was telling a piece of his week. And he was telling about having to go, needing to have gone directly from meeting with people meeting with a couple who was about to get married, whose marriage had been moved forward and made a much simpler event that was gonna happen in the rabbi's study because of the um, uh, suddenly uh, near death that's gonna happen of one of the parents of one of the people marrying. So the whole idea of a big wedding, everything has changed to we'll meet earlier, we'll have this marriage ceremony and working out with everybody how to word all of that and do that, and he said it was really, uh, since the the parent involved was quite sick, would they be up to coming there or would they have to do it at home or should they do it at home? And he said, I went right from there to celebrating the naming ceremony of an eight day old girl. So the whole family is all totally excited and it's a wonderful thing. And he said, you know, your, your nervous system can't can't it's it's just really hard to do so one of the things that was happening for me as I was listening to this and I was listening to this uh, I, I felt really sad for the the for him and for this couple that has this wonderful thing they're about to marry and this is gonna happen and then I started to think I wish he wasn't telling this story in the middle of uh this happy ceremony uh that it's a really sad story and uh, my beautiful granddaughter standing right there, and which was, so. There's a line from the third Zen patriarch, which I'm now about to tell you. Uh, first of all, so number one, that's an opinion. You know, he shouldn't be telling this story. And my favorite line from this, my favorite line from this whole thing, is, um, "Do not search for the truth; only cease to cherish opinions." Later on it says about opinions, it says, the burdensome practice of judging brings annoyance and weariness. What benefit can be derived? So in the meantime, I'm thinking this, I wish he was telling something else. (laughs) And then later on in the day, I thought to myself, that's the only sermon and it's the only homily. So frequently when we finish our morning prayers here, I end up saying to you, phew, look at what we carry in this room. Half the people in this room are facing some imminent kind of terrible loss. Other people in this room are looking forward with great hope to some wonderful thing that's going to happen. That's the story of life. It's coming and going and coming and going. And so frequently I say, after we've shared our prayers in the morning, and we, say, and, and we stop. Today was a little picked up because Marty's family was here. But often I sit here and I feel honestly stupefied. I feel, what will I teach about Dharma? What will I say about life is challenging for everybody? We just heard that life is challenging. I could not give a better Dharma talk than those five minutes or ten minutes or however long we spend talking about what's happening in our lives. That's stunning. Everything happens to everybody. So I changed my mind about his homily. Um, and um, and Honor didn't seem to notice anything wrong with it either. <laughs> Nobody else did either. So it was just my own mind that had an idea about what would happen. That very evening, I looked around, I was, and I, I thought what I wanted to tell you about that whole day was... Um, the value of ritual. If I if I was giving another talk somewhere else about the value of ritual and the value of a whole family coming together, I know lots of people do. Um, what do they call it? What do you call it when your whole family comes together? Reunion, reunion family reunion. So, so we don't do that. We haven't done that because in a, a, a big extended family, there are enough. Um, there are enough. Weddings and funerals, and uh, bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs, and uh, what it, what, up? weddings and funerals, bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, uh, so, uh, uh, baby namings, baby namings for boys and girls, which so many people don't come to because you, know, you have to gear up too fast. That usually happens a week later. <laughs> And it's a little, it's a short ceremony with only the family all converges from wherever. But when the whole family comes together, I looked at this whole family that night, and I realized a couple of things, which maybe I can universalize. First of all, that, uh, here's everybody come together to celebrate. And all the friends of the, of the 13-year-old celebrant. So... Uh, there were a lot, a lot of thirteen-year-old boys and girls there, and uh, a lot of parents and a lot of uh, a lot of relatives. And what's become standard in these parties that follow that kind of a morning ceremony is there's a DJ and well, there's a band sometimes, but mostly a DJ with loud, loud music, <laughs> very loud music. So after after a half hour after the dancing has started, you see. That the eldest folk have <laughs> gravitated out to the, out, the outdoors, standing on the patio or on the porch, because it's too much for them. And for it, depending on your age, how long you stay in there, you know. It's a, but it's actually quite intense. And what the, um, and strangely enough, in recent years, the ceremony that's been re, that's been uh, retained for brides and grooms over the years of picking them up on chairs and dancing around with them has now made its way down to bar and bat mitzvah. That didn't used to happen. So at some point, four people pick up this 13-year-old girl who weighs nothing anyway, but uh, on a chair, a bride or something, or a, you know, a, a brides or however. But uh, all of these, and everybody, all ages, including the elderly, Get in there and it's a kind of do a circle dance. You don't have to know how to dance. You have to know how to stomp around in a circle <laughs> to very loud music. But they always play the same tune, so you know it's like a signal. They're playing that tune. That's a signal that no matter where you are in life, you stand up, get in that circle, and stomp. So everybody's stomping around and carrying this girl and myself as well, uh, and tearful because I look around that circle. And I I know, I know everybody who's there. I know most of the people who are there. And I know who has this illness and who has that illness, and whose partner just died, whose partner is dying, whose child has just miscarried, whose this has that. I know everything about it. Who has been through? Who has just lost that job? Who is struggling with this particular addiction? I know because I'm an elder in that family and the elders get to know all of that. I think that's what happens at potlatches. The young people all play and jump and dance and do it. And the older people sit in the corners and talk about what's the troubles with the family and what can we do about it. But anyway, everybody's in there and everybody's dancing and I'm looking around and seeing everybody with, I know a whole story of trouble is in there dancing. And I thought to myself, this is more than a custom. I bet this has uh, I bet if I did a, if I asked an anthropologist I'd find out that these kind of, this kind of a tribal rite where you jump up and down and shout and sing and dance and move your body around is a way of saying to life you know what I'm still here I'm just doing this you know that it's like saying I you know I defy you to try to do me in I am up stomping around So it was very moving to me to see everybody there. It's also moving to watch my mind, which I've already, on many occasions, not just today, said, you know, I I work on the, um, trying to say this is not an opinion, this is a discernment, but you know, they're really opinions. Because (laughs) while I looked around, I absolutely loved everybody there because they had come from so far. It's a big deal to buy three airplane tickets to fly to California and stay in a hotel and all of that. So it's a big deal to come. And they're all there, they've come all this way to really celebrate with this young girl. And so I looked at them and I absolutely loved everybody and I didn't love them discriminatively. I didn't say I really love this one, but this one, I don't actually approve of the way he lived his life, you know, I don't like that. Or this one, I don't like that she, didn't do this or that or respond to me about this or that. It's indiscriminately loving. Like in the Metta Sutta, is the Buddha's teaching on kindness is called the Buddha's teaching on, ah, what's the word with not, um, not indiscriminate loving, indiscriminate would do. Unconditional, Unconditional thank you. <laughs> Unconditional uh, loving, which is really such a relief That's the whole message that I want to tell you, that not only does making the mind ecstatic and open cause you to forget all the opinions that you you don't even forget them. They're just insignificant. What was the name? What was that line? What did he call them? Uh, Trivial distractions. They are trivial distractions. Didn't like the way this one made life choices. I didn't like that about that. I didn't like this about that. That's nothing. It's not worth the air or the neuron that it's written on. It's clogging up my neurology and getting in the way of loving all my relatives, which in that moment I did. And it's a great, uh, it's a great uh, liberation, really, to forget oh, about this one. I feel that that one. I feel this. This one. It's worthless. That sort of stuff. I thought about that. I also thought it in terms of. Good for the psyche to get the whole family together at intervals. Somebody asked me at one point. Really, they had a worried look on. They came across, and they said, "We haven't got in the family. We haven't got any more bnei mitzvah coming up. We have no young children. T- not only not my grandchildren, but where are the where are the children who are five to thirteen, but not thirteen yet, whose mm-hmm. celebration we could go to?" They're, oh. We don't have, that like, was like a momentary consternation. Well, maybe somebody could get married or somebody could do this or somebody could do that. Because the, the business of coming together and you see people, you see, I have moved to the generation that I remember being the old people when I got married. And suddenly, and what's more, it happened like in two days as far as I'm concerned. So, which is also another very big story about life. It just keeps happening. And while it's happening, you don't actually think, boy, I'm getting older. It was an interesting thing, I looked at all my relatives that came and I thought, boy, they look older. <laughs> but I don't think that about me. And, you know, that, but I, you know, I am, you know, if I were to look in a photograph album, but I looked at the you know, relatives and I thought, whoa, look at that, a generation going by. And you think in Mahakalpas, like I thought, the next time that honor gets picked up and jumped around with on a chair might happen. It might happen if she marries, if she marries and chooses to have her celebration in a Jewish tradition. But that's a lot of ifs. But that'll be the next time. And the next time she might in this life get carried around that way on a chair is if she had a child who, if 13 years later, mm-hmm. decided to prepare herself or himself for this, and if they did it in that tradition. So this might be the 60 seconds in her life that that happened, you think, I'm glad I'm here. It's just, it's an amazing thing to think everything's going by and it might be the only time you got to do it. What if you knew that? This is the only time I get to look at that. We would not, I would not fill up my mind with trivial distractions. I had about a thousand things that I was gonna say, but let me see if there's one thing that I want to say because I really was going to read the faith verses. Uh, Contingency. Well, we talked about that. I told my friend, that's what I do believe. I believe in contingency. That event happened, and every event happens because of everything else that ever happened. And we've spent, this is a good way to end, we've spent the last, today's the fifth week, talking about the practice of gratitude and the practice of saying thank you, no matter what to what happens in life. Doesn't mean I'm delighted to know this is happening. It means I get it, this is happening and I'm not fighting with it. I'll, I'll, I'm responding to it out of the clarity of what this moment calls for. If it calls for compassion, then it, I'll, have, I'll have space in my heart for compassion. If it calls for enthusiasm for somebody else's good fortune, I'll have enthusiasm. Uh, it's very hard not to yearn, not to want, not to, not to um, um, regret, not to recriminate. Just to say, this is what's happening, wow. This morning it got to be another new day, think of that. And I got to be here for it. What could I do to make it better for other people? I'll read to you, that's a good way to finish. The great way is not difficult for those who have no preferences. When love and hate are both absent, everything becomes clear and undisguised. I think that means that we remember, uh, we we remember. I remember when I look at so-and-so who hurt my feelings. Isn't that interesting? There's so-and-so who hurt my feelings and I love them completely. So you don't forget. It's not, the, it's not amnesia. It's the ability to hold the fact that, oh, that happened, but this is now. And I love them. And th- that's a possibility in life. How could we have, how could we hold the possibility of reconciliation with people? Unless that were true, that we could really let go of things. That happened, but it doesn't matter. That was a what, trivial distraction. distraction. <laughs> because the main thing the only thing that's not trivial is that we're still here. That's not trivial, that's a miracle. That's the only thing, that we're still here. Um, on occasions like that, uh, on, on occasions, like uh, the occasion of a 13 year old saying, okay, now I take my place as an adult in the community. On any occasion, uh, on the occasion in three weeks at arriving at Passover, at any occasion that you arrive at, There's a particular blessing for arriving that was my father's favorite blessing to say in the world. And it's a blessing that means I'm really grateful that I made it to this moment, because we could have not, but we did. My father used to say it when he uh, ate asparagus for the first time in the spring, in the days when you couldn't eat asparagus all year round, and when it was spring and you ate asparagus or you ate a peach, he would say that when he went swimming in the Atlantic, we, we had swimmed together. We lived near the Atlantic Ocean. For the first time in the spring, he'd be running into the water and saying his blessing. And I, and I, I liked it a lot all my life because it was my father's blessing and I always thought about it in, in the context of my father, who I loved a lot. But as I get older and I realize it's a miracle that we made it any day. Actually, at, at some point, from time to time, I think to myself, we're going to make that blessing every night. Every day that we got home again, and everybody's still around. Say, whoa, look, I'm still here. Or maybe when we get up in the morning. Or maybe it's the only thing we should say. Wow, we made it till lunchtime. (laughs) (laughs) If you wish to see the truth, then hold no opinions for or against anything. To set up what you like against what you dislike is a disease of the mind. This has a phrase in it that I love. When the deep meaning of things is not understood, the mind's essential peace is disturbed to no avail. I love that line, the mind's essential peace, that fundamentally in there, under all the storm and drong of what's going on, there is the essential peace. That's, that's our birthright, really. And if we, that uh, clinging to opinions, <coughs> or making the opinions, we disturb the essential peace. I think to myself sometimes this is maybe um, maybe not going to be a, a um, an image that works for everybody. <coughs> wait, wait, wait. not going to be an image that works for everybody. But I think about I think about the times, and you think about them too, when. Uh, when your experience of your mind is peaceful it's really peaceful when you really feel wow things are okay I mean things are just what they are but they're okay that um, the mind is not troubled I'm not having like it's very it's very uh, current to say no problem I don't so much like that when I say thank you very much and someone says no problem because you know I'd like them to say, you know, but anyway, no problem has become the idiom of the moment. But the mind that has no problem, no problem, no problem, Add that, and then something. So I think of my mind as being like a, like a like a sheet of blank paper that's just flat, not or a sheet of on a bed that's smooth, nice, no problem. Like my mind is like that, no problem, and that an opinion kind of. I have to have a piece of paper. An opinion crumples it up. So you don't have a, so that you, all of a sudden, it's not like that. So I think all the time my, my, when I start to have an opinion, I, my practice these days is noticing hmm, my mind has just crumpled itself up. And if you crumple it up, you can't see that, it, like in a mirror if it's crumpled up, or a glass if it's crumpled up. You can't see through it, that it has essential peace underneath. And what I really am thinking about these days is the fact that I can feel sad, I can feel happy, I can feel all kinds of things. And if I feel them and know them, and you know, it's not not feel them, I feel them, I know about them, I, I resonate to them. As long as my mind doesn't crumple up about it, as long as it avoids the feeling this shouldn't be happening, it is happening, now what? then there's no problem. I'll remember the the mind's essential piece. So I'm going to miss you. I'll be back in June, I think. Will I be back in
2: June?
0: May 29th. No, no, May 29th. Thank you very much, May 29th. May 29th, I'll be gone. Where are you going to be? Huh? Much of it I'm going to be in, I'm going to Europe, and I'm, I'm going to Berlin for several weeks. And then I'm going to I'm gonna be in France with some friends for several months. But you know, wherever I am in the world it gets to be Wednesday morning. I I know it. You know. (laughs) My clock goes off. Hmm? Well, I'm not sure. Donald will be here a lot of times. Donald is wonderful. Oh, Tony is wonderful. Okay, thank you very much. Tony Bernhardt is going to be here next week. Tony is a fabulous teacher. Really coming here, Tony. He's so, so good. So, Tony is one of those people whose Dharma talks I listen to in my car when I drive around. That's like, I, I, I really love how Tony teaches. And then Linda Graham, who's a very great friend of mine, will be here. And then Donald will be back. Lots of good people. Wednesday is always here, even if I'm not here. <laughs> may, may we and all beings... Um, manifest more and more uh, the wisdom that we deeply know that we are happiest when we are loving and forgiving and expansive. May all of our opinions dissolve. May all of the world's opinions dissolve. May we Manifest in our hearts the peace we wish for the world. (laughs) So I wish you a very good, oh, very good.
1: May on your journey you feel protected and safe, Sylvia. May you feel contentment and gladness, and may your body carry you. (laughs) with help and strength and may each step unfold
0: with ease Amen Robin, thank you (laughs) Okay, I'll see you in in May
2: Thank you for listening To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate